This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, team? Big Rye here. Before we start today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about snacks. Now, I love to eat. I love to nibble, nosh, bite, chomp, wolf, rip into, dine on snacks. I'm a snacker, and I'm a healthy guy. You put the two of those together, you get healthy snacks. But I got to be real with you for a minute. A lot of them healthy snacks ain't good. They're not getting it done. They don't fill you up. They don't satisfy your cravings. They're not doing what they're designed to do. They're not scratching that itch. That's why I'm pleased and excited that this episode is sponsored today by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. Dudes, I have roamed the snack aisles, trudged through my market, uh, health food stores, you name it. I've been there online. I'm scouring the internet, looking, searching, trying to find the perfect healthy snack. My El Dorado, my holy grail of delicious taste and nutrition. And I couldn't find it. I'm ripping these bars open. Tastes like styrofoam. They, you know, you open it up and it looks like they just poured some liquid into a wrapper and then uh, it's hardened. And then you open it and you see like imprints of the wrapper on it. It's like, what, this, this substance is taking the form of whatever it's in? That can't be a good sign. What is it, an alien? <laughs> and, then you, and then you finally uh, bite into something that's good and you read the ingredients, they're bad, and the sugar's through the roof. Filled with evaporated cane juice. Isn't that just sugar? <laughs> what else is sugar if not evaporated cane juice? Brown rice syrup? What the hell? Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars, though, contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, and non-GMO, with no soy, trans fat, sugar alcohols, or artificial colors. So, we got the ingredients, and we got the nutrition. Now, they're perfect for anybody that's following a keto lifestyle. They're also the perfect snack for anybody that's just trying to eat better, cut back on their sugar, without sacrificing taste. Taste, guys. They have this amazing, soft, and chewy texture. They come in delicious flavors like coconut coca chip, peanut butter, blueberry almond vanilla, coconut coca chip. I'm combining that with the peanut butter. I'm, I'm mixing them together and mashing them, biting them on top of each other. I, I tell you what, guys, they, uh, they sent me this pack of these things. Big old briefcase full of them. It was what a what a treat. I was like, I'm in business for a couple of weeks with all these bars that Monk Pack sent me. So I try one the first day. Mmm, blew my mind. Soft, chewy texture, delicious flavor, and I think great. Okay, this will be my go-to snack. Let me just have another one. Let me have another one. So I'll open up this next one. A little blueberry almond vanilla. Great, delicious, just as good. Okay. Hey, while we're at it, why not sample the peanut butter and all the other flavors they sent me? Make sure that I try all the flavors. I'm just doing my job as a host to try everything for you guys. And then I'm like, well, now that I'm a little full, maybe they won't taste as good. I'll go back around, do another round of everything. And uh, needless to say that, you know, the briefcase lasts me about two days. (laughs) I wolfed it down. 
you know, and I love the fact that they're delivered right to my door and I can get on a subscription so I can save and uh, I'm never without them. I wanted my wife and kid to try them. I ate them all before they could. So fortunately, we got a delivery coming and they'll be able to get on board with these. They're perfect for a quick breakfast snack in between Zoom calls or a late night treat. And uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Don't go in between the Zoom calls. Do it during the Zoom call. That's the power move. You want to be the person that's uh, that's wolfing a snack while the Zoom call's going on. People are going to ask questions. What the hell is that, Stanger? Monk Pack Keto Granola Bar. Take a look, dummy. Yeah, I called you dummy. I don't care if you're my superior. And then you send them a pack of these things, and they get it. They're calling people dummy, too. Goes all the way up the flagpole. And, uh, you know, maybe it uh, implements some positive change at the business for the better. That's what you can do by eating healthy with Monk Pack, guys. Uh, I'm obsessed with these bars. I probably eat more than I should, uh, but I don't care because they're healthy. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the, uh, the subscription, saving me 10%, getting shipped automatically. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code dumbbells at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to monkpack.com and select any product and then enter the code DUMBBELLS at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. This is the Dumbbells is a Personal Fitness Podcast, where we, I'm Eugene Cordero. And me, I'm Ryan Singer. Have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience. Leave a bit of bruising. So please keep in mind that we're not doctors ever claim to be. Uh-uh, just a couple of Dumbbells that have some fitness. What I hope you would use. We're help us right, right now. We're interjecting this with energy and juice to keep the uh, flow and the momentum up. Part so two. Of two. Two of two, late night recording. Yeah. Um, we're, but we're in it. We're, f- we're focused. We're committed. We're hydrated. We're, we're full of nutrients and cash. Yes. Flush with quiche. Flush with quiche. Um, so the thing, so uh, we're answering a bunch of questions. Um, and uh, last week's episode, we had text, we had Instagrammed out, hey, if you have a bunch of questions, please let us know. We were filled with a bunch. We were um, bombarded with them, as I'd like to say. Bombarded, overwhelmed. People overwhelmed. took advantage. They weren't shy, and we appreciate that. So we decided to split it up into two episodes so that we could answer every question, pay all of you off. Yes. And so this is part two. Your questions are con- going to be continue to be answered. Uh, and even and even though I just texted Stanger with something that I wanted him to see and I wanted to talk about, the first thing that we're going to do is answer a question. Don't watch the video yet. It's a video that I sent you. Okay. Okay. But before you uh, look at that, I do want to, and I might post it. Okay. Um, when when this episode comes out, just uh, or part of it at least. Um, anyways, let's answer this first question. It's from it's Nate. Uh, what do you guys? Uh, 
what's your guys' feelings on working out when you've are, when you're already a bit fatigued? My current goal is to try to build muscle, but I have to ride my bike to commute to work. I average about 30 miles a day and find it really hard to find the extra bit of energy at the end of the day to try to do my strength training session regardless of my sleeping eating hygiene. If I push myself through it for a few weeks, do you think I'll start feeling more achievable or is it always going to be something I'll have to push myself through with sheer will and determination? Jesus, it's Nate's got the fucking tour to France every day. I mean, 30 miles a day. So 15 miles each week, uh, each way, and then trying to fit a workout. in. so, okay. So that 30 mile ride is going to, you know, that, that, that's got to be um, taxing on your body, even if it becomes just part of your regular commute and you get used to it. Honestly, I would say it's it's going to always be a, a little bit hard to um, to get th- that mindset going. So it, it is going to take some some pure um, sheer will and determination to push yourself to make sure you get those workouts in. Um, I don't know if this is too crazy, but you could try to get your lifts in early. Any chance that you could wake up a little bit earlier in the day, knowing that you're going to lift that day could be a possibility. And that you can look to do if you're looking to lift a couple of days a week. And, And we're talking about doing like a strong lifts program. You know, where you where, where you're lifting three days a week and you're looking to do it Tuesdays, Thursdays, and maybe Saturdays. Saturdays where you have a day off, maybe. Maybe you're off on the weekend, so you can do a lift on Saturday. Um or you can break it up where you do now I might be I don't know, Stan if you I'm a B I'm a B I'm a B I'm a B B boat Baba 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 Boo Bat Babit. Um, (laughs) if your legs are getting enough of a workout all the time that you don't need to necessarily bulk up them, them gams because you're getting the workout in them, that your Saturdays and Sundays could just be, you know, a traditional upper body split where you're doing back and buys chest and tries. And you're doing that on Saturdays and Sundays and then Mm. picking a day during the week to switch up, which one you're going to do otherwise. Is that too much upper body to think about? Not, not necessarily. I was thinking something similar to to make hay on the weekend, so to speak. Sure. Um, because, but my thought was to do your um, to do like your primary lifts, like Saturday, Sunday, and break mm-hmm. it up upper body stuff Saturday. So like some kind of chest and back thing and then legs Sunday. So you get Saturday to recover your legs and then Sunday you do like your squats and deadlifts or whatever. And then I think during the week you could pepper in the ancillary muscles. So you're, you're hitting like buys and tries and shoulder and, and kind of mobility stuff during the week because those aren't as, um, those aren't as much of a, uh, undertaking, you know, in regards to smart. Yeah. So that's something to think about because, man, you know, 30 miles, I don't know, calorically, what do you think? 1,500 to 3,000 extra calories you're burning (laughs) a day? Yeah, serious. It's it's a lot of food to eat and, you know, and you want to make gains and build muscle, you know, you kind of have to train legs with weights. 
and it is different than this kind of sustained cardio that you're doing with the with the bike, you know. Um, because I I would love for you to be able to do squats. It seems like Sunday is the only real day. You know, you get a full rest day for legs on Saturday, and then but you may be fucking exhausted on the weekends yeah. and not want to do anything. And I kind of don't blame you either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I you know, and I you you mentioned sheer will and determination. I don't know if you're ever going to step outside of that. I mean, it's always going to be some degree of that because it is, you know, it is taxing to to kind of have to trudge through that your commute and then, and then lift and then have enough to kind of make it home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you will, you know, your, your baseline level of fitness will improve and it'll all get more doable, but it is, you know, it is an incredible pace to keep up with. So I would say, be gentle on yourself and be realistic. You know, if you do have to bleed the workouts into during the week more, I, I like what Eugene's saying, like a strong lift, you know, maybe just three days a week to where you're really doing weights that are challenging, Um, you know, not, you know, don't try to go five days a week or six days a week or something crazy like that. And then, uh, you know, and then make sure you're doing the, the, you know, built-in recovery days and a lot of foam rolling and stretching and yeah, you know, feel good stuff too. Love it. Yeah. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah. We're let's, let's hit these running. I, I, uh, hopefully that helps. It's Nate. Um, let us know if, uh, if, if that's a doable, um, actionable, um, way of you to handle that. And if, if so, then, you know, we would, we would love to hear about it. So let us know. Um, and, uh, and let's answer this one from Robert Holguin, Holguin, Robert Holguin. Um, I have been down with uh, IMF, so intermittent fasting, it seems to me it, it seems to make me feel better. But if intermittent fasting is disordered eating, that's in quotes, should I be worried about a slippery slope? I know you guys are so disciplined. Sometimes it's disheartening to fall off the wagon. Okay, so um, so I have heard, and everybody will agree or disagree that it is a form of disordered eating. It's not. Um, is it ultimately what everything else is, which is a calorie deficit? Uh, yes. And then there's also other benefits to intermittent fasting, um, that, uh, may or may not be true based on what you're reading and where you're getting your information from. For us, uh, Stanger and I, I do feel a positive, positive um, um, feedback from my body from intermittent fasting. And I like the idea of my eating window being from noon to eight. And that's just what feels good for me and fits in my schedule. Now, do I worry about eating outside of my window at all? I don't. I don't. And there's certain days that I do quote unquote, fall off the wagon or weeks that I'm eating breakfast. Um, but I'm just watching what my caloric intake and what kind of food I am eating in that window is. So I'm really focused on what it is, what I am taking in, what am I, what I am putting in my body during that, which we mentioned in the last one when, uh, they were asking, how do I even start was I'm, I'm filling up these, these meals with leafy greens, so much greens that it's making up the majority of my 
plate, um, as well as um, a whole lot of protein in one way or the other. Um, am I counting the amount in grams? No. Am I still doing the palm meth- method, uh, which um, I've mentioned in past episodes? Yeah, I am. So um, I have really locked into it um, and feel really good about it. I've, I've, I've eliminated a lot of dairy from my, um, from my regular, um, nutrition every day. Um, but every once in a while, you know, we still do pizza Friday at my house with my family and I'm, I am home again. And even when I was in uh, Vancouver and we'd go out to dinner, I would still have some cheese and that would kind of go into what I'm taking in fat wise. In honor Uh, of pizza Friday? In honor of pizza Friday, but also in honor- Pour some out for the homies. (laughs) Pour some out for the, for the Quincy's. Yeah. Um, and- (laughs) This uh, is for you, baby boy. This is for you, baby boy. Yeah. Eat it up. But also, you know, there is um, a really good burger that I liked in- um, uh, he's doing origami over here. That's not, yeah. But I there was a really good burger that I liked in, in Vancouver that I got at least weekly. Keenan Thompson? Um, the Keenan Thompson burger? <laughs> good burger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good burger. Yeah. It was both of them. It was, uh, it was, uh, what was, I don't know. I like that other guy. Good yeah. burger. Yeah, like a good. Yeah. He's doing a character. Cal, Cal. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, um, I would break every once in a while and I, I wouldn't even call it breaking. It was just kind of like, boogalooing. I'm, 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 I was boogalooing. I was, uh, I was breaking twoing electric boogalooing. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's so, I was breaking what I was eating. I, I was so consistent in my nutrition that even if I decided to, go crazy for a week. I knew I would go back to it and I was not going to let it become a slippery slope for me. I know ultimately with the amount that I love to work out and the amount that I'm focused on my nutrition, that that slippery slope is only going to last a short amount of time before I know it and um, get myself out of it. So the more consistent you are in your nutrition and your diet, the easier it is to give yourself a break um, from feeling bad or disheartened um, of leaving, of falling off the wagon. Um, you're, the, the nutrition thing that you're doing is something that you're focused on for the rest of your life. You know, like unlike um, any other issues with um, vices or, you know, you need to eat every day to survive it. it, Your body needs um, fuel. So because of that, you need to make choices every day. So the more consistently that you can make the good choice, the healthier choice, the, the focus on um, nutrients that you can take in, the better you're going to be off long-term. So, if you can start making those most of the time, then you'll crush it. So, uh, so just focus in on that and don't, don't be mad at yourself. Um, that's that, I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. Leafy greens, beefy dreams, um, disordered eating. I, you know, I think that that's kind of, it's a fair point, Robert Holloguin. 
I would say that I put it in the disordered eating in the eye of the beholder, you know, for, yeah. for me, so, so intermittent fasting can be triggering from some people for some people. So if you, if you do, if you can fall victim to disordered eating or eating disorder or those kind of habits, compulsive stuff, and, uh, you know, putting these restrictions on yourself, um, you know, causes you to, to fall or tumble or slip into bad habits or whatever, then I wouldn't do it. You know, you have to stick with the intuitive eating or stick to a meal schedule or whatever that is for you. For me, I can say that it doesn't. And I find myself when I'm not, when I'm not doing what we call IMF, I, I would feel, I wouldn't feel hungry and I would feel like I was just arbitrarily having a breakfast or a lunch or whatever it was when I wasn't hungry. And I was just doing it because it was what society said, like, oh, you should eat at this point, even though I wasn't hungry for it. And I felt, you know, I tend to start to feel more hungry, like in the evening and stuff. And then so when I saw a little bit of science that supported that that might work for me, um, I leaned into it and felt great. I felt like I was, you know, completely nourished, felt like my workouts were supported. It's not like I'm pookie in New Jack City. Remember when Chris I'm sorry. Rock, yeah. When Chris Rock is like dealing with the crack and like he's like licking his lips and stuff and he's like all yeah. tempted by it. Um, I don't feel like that around breakfast time. Like I, I don't feel hungry at fucking all at all. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm abusing myself at all or any kind. I, I don't. So, and then, you know, I'm able to maintain a weight. Um, you know, I'm 190 pounds or an 85 pounds and I can lift and run and do all the stuff I want to do. I eat the amount of calories I want to get in. I'm careful about that. I watch the macronutrients and all that kind of shit. And like Eugene said, if I, if I want to go off of it, I go off it. Sometimes on the weekends I'll eat later than what I want to normally, or, or than when I normally eat in my window on the IMF train. So I'll eat around eight thirty or nine. Like Nancy will take a, Nancy and I will take a later dinner, or you know, go out for ice cream later or something like that. And it doesn't. I don't freak out about it. It's not the end of the world. I get where you're saying about disheartening. I had a good family physician one time talk to us about uh, our kid Stone. He's uh, he's real picky. I've talked about it on the show a lot. He's a crazy picky eater. Still is, and you know, we were worried about him because he was just so limited in what he would take in. And, uh, you know, and some nights he wouldn't be hungry and all this kind of shit. And you just stress out as a parent. And so this guy, yeah. this, this, this guy was great. And he said, look, take a 10 day snapshot. Don't look at it as minute to minute, hour to hour. Look at 10 days. Okay. Is he, you know, for the most part, are you getting this dinner in? Is he getting a little protein? Is he getting this? Is he getting that? We'll watch his weight and all that kind of shit. And if 10 days looks pretty good, then don't, don't sweat the, you know, the second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour stuff. And that's, I think you can take that same approach for, you know, going on and off your eating strategy. So, you know, look at 10 days. Don't worry about, ah, shit, I fucking, I was so hungry for breakfast. I had to have something and now I'm off my schedule and it's all fucked up and I blew it. And then now I'll skip dinner or what, you know, whatever it is. Don't eat your normal schedule. And then the next day you start. And then, or even if a couple days you have to go off or you're visiting family or on vacation or whatever it is, you know, look at that 10 day snapshot and, uh, and then, you know, and then you can get a better picture as to how you're doing as opposed to, you know, living and dying by every hour, second or minute that you're, you know, inside that window or outside that window. I agree. Let's Cap do it. Capiche?
Capiches? I, I uh, had to look at the video. Ah, oh, of course you did. <laughs> Eugene. Eugene's. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You want to set it up? Okay, so I sent uh, Stanger a video because uh, it would seem unbelievable. Um, but, um, you know, we live in this times and I've mentioned it that we live, I live in La Crescenta part of, uh, Los Angeles and we live very close to this. Some nature. Th- nature. It's called the Duke Magian, um, wilderness reserve. And, you know, we would see deer on a regular basis. We'd see a bobcat every once in a while, which is pretty rare, right? Uh, to see a bobcat in Los Angeles. Yeah. Some coyotes. Sure. That's a, that's a LA, you know. Tradition, some bullfrogs, some bullfrogs, um, some Jeremiah's, but you know, um, some Nate and Jeremiah's and you know, there are two LA guys who moved to New York recently they, they do, um, some, uh, you know, makeover stuff. Anyways, good friend of mine, good, good friend of mine. Um, but, uh, you know, those are things that are normal. And then also from this area we have heard, but never seen, um, bears and you're like, okay, Great. And there's a Ben Rogers video with Will Hines. Um, but what if there's bears? I don't know if you guys know that video from back in the day. UCB comedy, old school. I, I'm, I got to put that up there too, because it's a great video. Put it on the reel. I'll put it on the reel for the guys. Um, but um, anyways, um, a little while ago, since I've been home, I heard a knock on the door and I thought it was like a UPS guy at like 11 p.m. throwing a package at our door, which, you know, they tend to just kind of toss it over our gate and it would hit our front door and I'd be pissed because they're just tossing our packages. Come on. Yeah. You know, open the gate, drop it off in front, knock on the door, maybe, but you don't even have to do that. Like our little ring camera will pick up that there's somebody at the door. Yeah, just could be a fragile package, you know. Let it it be. Let it be. There's a glass on it that has the crack on it that says fragile. Yeah. Whatever. You got a Fabergé egg in there. You got a fucking... We buy so many Fabergé eggs because they they keep getting broken. Yeah, man. (laughs) Um, From our kids or from the UPS guy. Anyways, I thought that's what it was. It was 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then we see headlights and we're like, is that the UPS guy just pulling in and throwing it and leaving? <laughs> yeah. So I look outside, I I look in and I just see headlights and there's people. And I'm like, who are those people? I wave. They don't wave back. And then I look in front of our gate and I'm talking about uh, from the window that I'm standing at, maybe 10 feet away. Yeah. 10 feet. Yeah. And it's a right big brown bear. <laughs> and, that bear was big, baby. And I was like, I can't believe this. To the point where I couldn't even pull my phone out. I was like, what? By the time I pulled it out, it had walked somewhere else. And then it had, I just never could get a video of it. Anyways, I think those people were flashing their headlights to make it move or get out of our garbage, which it was just, it knocked our garbage over, which is what that noise was. Anyways, Go to walk the dog the next day, and our neighbor goes, "Hey, um, did you see the bear?" And I'm like, "Yes, we were. We saw it." They were like, "Yeah, we were the ones that, you know, um, put our headlights on it, and we got a video of it." And they had airdropped me the video, and um, that's the video that they had. I mean, sent. this fucking bear is in your play. I mean, it's in your yeah. yard. 
It is in our, it is in front of our house. Yeah. I mean, um, and, um, and, uh, I, you know, just, I, I guess for privacy's sake, I would just not post it. Cause there's like, you can see her. It showcases the house. You can the see the whole house. house. Yeah. And everything. And I, I love the bell babies out there, but you know, it's a bear. Maybe I'll just post a picture of how big the bear is and put it on our it's, um, it's, Instagram. It's truly stunning guys. It's, it's a bear. It's, it's a, a full fucking bear. bear. It's a, it's a fucking bear. Yeah. I don't know how many times I have to say it for you guys to believe it out there. It's a bear. And I'm sure a lot of you out there, bell babies who live um, in Canada or other parts of the, the U S where bears are there all the time. And you're like, it's a fucking bear. Fine. Yeah, Whatever. You're it, fucking, it's a big deal to me. Yeah. Maybe you're a zoologist, you know, you're, sure. you know, you, maybe you're working. You go to the, maybe you go to the zoo a lot and you're just like, I've seen this bear. This bear, it was in the wild. Yeah, this is a wild bear. I mean, this motherfucker is singing the bear necessities. It's yeah, yeah. It's scratching its ass with Eugene's. Uh, you know, uh, it was knocking on our door because it wanted Quincy, who looks like Mowgli, like Mowgli. to just like go with him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. there was a it's fucking good. snake next to him and a fucking you know. This fucking bear jaguar. wants to teach uh, Quincy how to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's he weirdly what... he weirdly knocked on our door and then was floating. In a river and wanted Quincy to sit on his tummy. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anyways. there's a panther trying to get Quincy to, you know, not be lazy. Yeah. It's Bagheera. a, it was we a- get Bagheera involved. We got Bagheera. We got Malu. <laughs> whole thing. Whole thing going on. Um, and then there was a orangutan that like sang a song and sounded like Christopher Walken a little bit off. Yeah. It doesn't work with him. Because the Louis work. Prima song is so good, man. Yeah. 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 Um, but all, all in all, to learn how to make fire, um, all in all, a humbling experience of how big a bear is. God damn. That's wild, dude. That's, that's intense. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I should tell you, dude, and you're not going to like this. I had to jump in really quick to talk to you guys about your workouts and a few other things. Now, lots of things can make your workouts hard, dudes. You could be adding some extra resistance on the bar. You could be adding some more mileage to your runs. Maybe you got a real tough trainer that's cutting out the rest time, giving you more sets, some more homework to do when you're not with them. Whatever the case may be, one thing that shouldn't be challenging you, though, is your socks. That's why Bomba's performance socks are built to be nothing but comfortable and supportive. Nothing has happened in the sock game for a long time. Some idiot cut out some socks that were roughly the shape of our feet. They invented them. We wore them. We took them. We didn't ask questions. We weren't comfortable, but that's all they had. And that's all we, we thought we deserved. Not the case anymore. So much has happened. Bombas performance socks have taken all the amazing innovations that make Bombas the most comfortable socks you've ever worn and added their special Hextech performance technology. You guys, I wore these junky socks before that, before I got my hands on Bombas that I was talking about. And I would, I I was in high school and I was wearing high tops and I'd wear these socks and the socks didn't feel good. They'd slide down my calves. They disappear into my big stinky high tops. They weren't breathing. So my feet stunk. And if I didn't have toes on the front of my shoes, those socks probably would have shot out across the room, probably landed right on my crush's lap or in her face. She'd be disgusted by my foot odor, not to mention the fact that my socks left my feet. If I had Bombas, that wouldn't be the case. They would have stayed put. 
Bomba's performance socks are stitched with special moisture wicking yarn and temperature regulating vents that allow cool air to flow in and prevent overheating. No more stink. So that would have solved that. Now, as far as them shooting across the gym, well, Bombas come with a pillow-like tab to save you from blisters, stay-up technology, and a special arch-hugging system, and an extra layer of cushiony support on the bottom for the perfect amount of support. You guys, they have the comfort. They stay where they're supposed to. They do their job. They're not like old Stanger's high school socks quitting on the job. They come in different styles for every sport with specific design features to help you optimize performance and keep you comfortable no matter what you're doing. I use the uh, the Bombas Performance No-Show Socks. That's right. I'm a no-show sock guy. It's a great summer look. Very sporty. Um, you know, showing a lot of leg. I like to show a lot of leg in the summer. And uh, always been a no-show sock guy. I just feel like it looks better on me. But the no-show socks were even worse than the socks I was describing earlier. They didn't no, put people weren't putting any thought into those no-show socks. They were like little scraps of garbage. Well, Bombas brought in all their brilliance and and added that on to their no-show socks. I use their performance no-shows. They got the silicone tabs on there, so they're staying where they're supposed to. They're not going anywhere. And they've got the uh, the moisture wick, the hex tech performance technology, all that stuff you want in a no-show, and some cool colors and styles. Yeah. They're, they're not just in beige or dingy white like my other no-shows that I used to have. You can get those Bombas style and color and bold patterns. I, I proudly kick those shoes off when I go to a no-shoes house, and people are dazzled by my footwear. They're thinking, wow, look at this guy. Looks like a professor with those smart socks and witty designs on there. Look at that. The guy's probably writing a thesis that'll get published. It's not the case, but... At least my Bomba socks make me look like it. Look like I got something going on behind the uh, behind the curtain up in my brain there. Wearing horn rimmed glasses, a uh, sport coat with elbow patches, and uh, no show socks with some uh, some tasteful d- design. Uh, another thing you got to know about Bombas, guys. For every pair of Bombas performance socks you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need, and they've donated over forty five million pairs so far. So they're out there doing good things for folks. So you can actually, you know, not only have your feet feel good, but your, uh, but your spirit feel good because you're helping someone in need when you buy those Bombas socks. Go to bombas.com slash dumbbells today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S, bombas.com slash dumbbells for 20% off bombas.com slash dumbbells. I also want to talk to you guys about your happiness, about you achieving your goals, about you living your dreams, about you experiencing the joy that you deserve. Is there something interfering? Is there something that's stopping that from happening? There shouldn't be. I had issues with compulsive eating. I, uh, I had some goals that I laid out for myself. I wasn't getting there. I kept falling short. I didn't know what was wrong. I thought that I was just broken, kept feeling like I was failing. I ultimately got with the right therapist that, that helped me move along and gave me the tools that I needed to overcome that, but it was a long road and it was pretty shaky and there was a bunch of stops and starts. I almost bailed a few times and uh, it could have been a lot smoother and it could have been a lot less painful had I had access to better help. Better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. So convenient. 
and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. So while I was driving all to Helen gone with meeting with the wrong therapist, uh, I could have been doing it from the comfort of my own home. So it would have been easy to meet with multiple therapists, but I wouldn't have have to because better help would have assessed what I needed from the beginning. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You're getting timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and it's all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. I sat in a lot of them, guys. It was weird. I'm looking at the people there, wondering what they're in for, trying to diagnose them in the room. You know, people are trying to talk to you or, you know, pass you notes sometimes. Notes are like, what's wrong with your brain? Question mark. You know, or they have like a little box that you fill out. Yes, you know, check this for, and one of them was like compulsive eating and nothing else. And I was like, holy crap, how did this guy know I was in here for compulsive eating? Might've been the t-shirt I was wearing. It wasn't a, you know, didn't have like a, something that said compulsive eating on there, just a bunch of stains. But listen, guys, uh, I wouldn't have had to do that had I had access to better help. They're committed to, they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. That's a huge perk because I met with the wrong people a few times and it was awkward. I maybe even took a session or two with them afterwards um, after I knew it wasn't right just because I felt weird about, you know, breaking up with them or firing them. It was awkward. BetterHelp's going to do that for you guys and make it easy and free. The service is available to clients worldwide. Um, you can find the particular expertise you need online. You don't have to limit yourself to counselors that are located near you. You might be in an area that doesn't have what you're looking for. So just do it online through BetterHelp. They've got uh, counselors that specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more, guys. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling. Uh, you don't have to listen to me yammer on about it. Check their testimonials. They post them on their sites daily. It's not a crisis line, though. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Good sign. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com dumbbells. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash dumbbells. And now back to the episode. I've been putting uh, honey in your trash. Yeah, sorry. I know. I noticed it. I saw. I saw a um, a uh, pot that had a H U and a backwards N right. and a forwards N and a Y. And I go, Winnie doesn't do this himself. Christopher Robin does it yeah. and writes it on there. So I knew it was you. Sorry, dude. Um. So stop. Sorry. I don't stop know if I can that. stop now. Um. And also, you know, and it was weird. There was, um, there's one that like went through our main garbage, thought it was too hot. Somebody went through our recycling, thought it was too cold. And then the baby one was like the yard stuff was just right. Um, <laughs> the yard and, clippings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we were scared. 
Trish was really scared because she was like, what happens if they try to get into her house and take her baby? Yeah. And I was like, well, at least a couple of the commenters on uh, on our podcast will be happy that my stupid babies were gone. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Could be sent by them. Yeah. Could probably sent by them. Anyways. Going through your trash. I, you don't have to worry about it getting into your house as much as maybe opening a credit card or something with your sure. identity. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> there was a couple of Discover cards in there that I didn't yeah. rip up. Yeah. Um, Guys charging. Money. When you do get time, though, Stanger, listen to the audio in the video. It's our neighbors talking about it. And they're, they said that they were coming home from having some margaritas that night. So they were having, they were a little <laughs> tipsy. And it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, and they sounded like old school, <laughs> like they were they were in the tavern during Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> they sounded like Dan Aykroyd when he's drunk in Trading Places as uh, yeah. Santa. Yeah, <laughs> or Dan Aykroyd in um in Nothing But Trouble. Oh God, all timer dude, creepy, uh, creepy. That Demi Moore and Chevy Chase. Ah, unbelievable. And Tupac. Yeah, young Tupac with uh, Digital young Underground. Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. Shock G, rest his soul. Yeah. All right. Rest in power, Shock G. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of the bear. Unbelievable story. Also, I didn't get to talk about this, just talk about life stuff. Um, you know, Quincy went to karate, guys. Do tell. Learned some um learned a couple of moves immediately, and this was off of his um his trial class because it was he 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 was the trial guy amongst a regular class that was going on. L- learned some good form of some punches already, some elbows, Ooh. Muay Thai elbows, first day, and foot stomps with his heel heel stomps. Ooh, nice! All good moves for a child. Yeah. Um, and pretty great. Um, and he learned how to fall correctly like onto his forearms and keep his head up so that he wouldn't you know if he fell down he wouldn't fall and break his wrists oh love um it. and stuff like that so i'm like oh and he was pretty good at listening yeah um during it uh and he definitely thinks it's fun and wants to go back so that's great that's what you want the boy is gonna possibly be a little dragon for the time being and then he moves on to the second round of it and then after that it is he can focus on either karate or Muay Thai. But right now they kind of learn a little bit of both a little hybrid. And then when he's like between five and eight, he will learn like one week. It would be karate. The next week it'll be Muay Thai. And it'll kind of go like that until he decides he wants to do one or the other. He picks a winner. I dig it. Um, do you remember that movie? The perfect weapon with Jeff Speakman. Um, I do remember the movie The Perfect Weapon. I did not realize that the guy's name was Jeff Speakman. Stars Jeff Speakman, Kenpo master Jeff Speakman. And he's sure. he's a troubled teen, and he starts learning Kenpo karate. And uh, the his father, I think, is a police officer, and he gets him into it. And then, like, he gets in, like, this big fight. He's, like, protecting his little brother, and he gets in a fight. And I just remember his dad, his dad tells him, uh, we got you into this Kenpo to you know, teach you discipline. And all it did was make you dangerous. <laughs> and then when he leaves there, his master tells him he gets a ring and his master tells him there's two sides of the ring. There's a dragon and there's a tiger. 
Right now, you're the tiger. The tiger fears nothing. Very strong, very powerful. When you move beyond being a tiger, you achieve the level of dragon. And the dragon is also very strong and powerful and only fears one thing, what he can do to other people. Ooh. Yeah. And then uh, we got a little uh, snap kicking in there. I got the power. They play, really? that, they play that song like three times in that movie. It's the one little bit of music licensing they got. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. It's getting, Huge. it's getting. Yeah. Huge track at that time, though. So peace, stay off my back or I will or attack. I will attack. And, and you, you don't, don't want, want that. that. <laughs> so very good lyrics. Very, it's a fair statement. Yeah. Anyway, I saw, I saw Perfect Weapon in the theater about 50 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're trying to say that... Um, you're going to make him Sad. dangerous. We're just making Quincy dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm into it. I mean, he's a spirited little guy, and now he knows heel stomps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see if, he, if that works against me. Yeah. Nah, it's going to be good for him. It's good. And it's good to have something fun that they, they get into and that they're passionate about. That's the Well, joy. he's been really into Coach Andy's sports every week, and then that stopped for the summer. And that's him learning how to play baseball and uh, hey, Coach and Andy and stuff. Hey, Coach know. Andy knows, yeah. Come on, can you uh, stay open in the fucking summer? I mean, people... Uh, well, you know, he has to go back to Woody and, and Buzz Lightyear and stuff, so... <laughs> that's what Andy ended up doing? Yeah, yeah, he became a coach for kids. Wow. That's what I heard. Um, cool. Um, <laughs> More questions. Let's, let's answer this one. Logan... Burnett, um, I asked a question a while back about Olympic lifting. Yeah, all right, Logan, at, easy. At man. that time, I uh, was looking to build size in my legs. Uh, as I'm a long-distance runner, most of my early 20s, my legs tend to default to lean. I have incorporated some strong lifts principles into my gym routine. I squat about three times a week, hovering around 190 to 195, 5x5 right now. But after two months, I'm still not seeing the results I want. Any tips? A um, couple of things. Um, take a deep breath. Relax. Um, two months, eight weeks isn't very long to see real, real uh, results in your legs. Your legs are monsters. Um, you'll start feeling the results. If you're feeling the results, you'll start seeing results relatively soon after. Um, but, um, if, if your weights are going up and your, uh, squat is getting heavier every time you're lifting, then you're, you're seeing results. You might not physically see the results right off the bat, but if your weights are going up, you're uh, improving your strength which will then also improve your size. So a couple of things, focus on that squat, focus on going up on that squat. Um, you know, uh, if, if it's getting more and more challenging, then you're, you're finding the right pocket for it. Also, you know, make sure you're, you're jumping into doing some of the other lifts uh, for your legs uh, other than squats, like your deadlifts, that you're making sure you're hitting your deadlifts at least once or twice a week. Um, because those are going to definitely build your hamstrings and your glutes, um, which is, you know, going to increase the size of your legs as well. So, um, you know, 
start focusing on on that and 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 write down all of these numbers so that you can see that you're improving there. Um, and also make sure that you're taking in enough calories. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yep. Um, you know, sound uh, like a hard gainer. So make sure you're eating enough. Make sure you're eating enough or because, supplementing uh, or supplementing because you you need that protein in there and you need you need that those calories in there to to help you um, boost up those uh, those numbers. Leafy greens and beefy dreams. Beefy dreams, baby. Leafy greens and beefy dreams. <laughs> Is that a t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how could it not be, dude? Leafy greens and beefy dreams, son. <laughs> uh, uh, we love it. Uh, Tim Batuik. Mm-hmm. Do you all cycle through leaning and bulking periods? I like the focus of them, but I haven't seen a ton of progress from the, si- from the overall cycle. I don't know if I understand the question. I like the focus of, so he's saying like, I like the focus and think like, okay, I'm in a bulking cycle and then I'll do a lean. I like the focus of that, but I don't see much difference when I'm doing it. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. That's what it seems like. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like people actually don't completely commit to it as much as, uh, as they need to, to see the results that you will get from a bulking or leaning phase, meaning following it to a T so that you're actually bulking up and, and getting those gains and actually leaning out to get those results. Um, because it's hard. Um, it, you can be on a constant uh, focus to lean down and in regular life be able to do it. Um, and you know, when you look at like a men's health magazine or, you know, uh, muscle and fitness, and they'll show you how to do the bulking or leaning phase, that's for people that can focus their lives on both of those things. Um, you know, not necessarily having, um, they can focus on making sure they're getting the right calories, making sure they're getting the big enough workouts to do those things and not focusing on anything else outside of that. Now, when you're um, thinking of bulking, there is, in regular life, as hard as you're trying to do it, if you have a regular job and you have a family, there's there's probably going to be somewhat of a dirty bulk in there, meaning that you're just going to be taking in calories so that you're getting enough in there to gain some size. Um, And you're gonna gain some fat in there too. So then when you're doing your leaning phase, you might end up taking a lot of those calories out and lose a little bit of your muscle as well. Like that's what happens in a leaning phase. That's what happens in a bulking phase. So you almost have to- You got kids and shit, they're stuffing Pop-Tarts in your briefcase, (laughs) chocolates in your waistcoat. Sure. Yeah, and and obviously, if you have kids, you're wearing a waistcoat all the time. Yeah. Also, if you have a job, you're probably a banker, so you probably have a waistcoat on, or right. with, uh, or or you're a conductor of a a train, so sure. that you have your, you have your um your pocket watch in there. Yeah, dude, and you got fu- you got fucking you know chips in your engineer hat, or you know you got little graham crackers that are taped to your adding machine. Listen, all of these things are possibilities. Dirty bulking. 
So you're dirty bulking, you know, dirty popping. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like most cycles are like three to four months. And I think that's how you should take them to be three or four months and then commit to them as much as you can for those longer bulks and longer, um, longer lean down phases. So, um, I would, I would look for the ones that are a little bit, if, if you want to try them is look for a cycle that is actually longer. That's a 16 week cycle so that you can really feel what the results are, um, and really focus on a bulk, um, and some heavy lifting and then really work on uh, a lean out phase for it too. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. When was the last dirty bulk you did? Bulk cycle. Um, I did one during, I did one during the quarantine mm. like during, um, and it was On very purpose? dirty. Um, well, I was just kind of, I think because I was already um, falling off a little bit, switching up my eating routine that I was just like, well, I'm also going to be taking in more calories. Um, and I think it was right after I was able to work out in my garage again mm. that I was like, oh, let me see if I can do this. Um, but it wasn't that successful because I don't think I was as comfortable lifting heavy by myself. Mm. And I was nervous. Did you fully getting, commit to the eating or did you kind of go half-ass in there on it? I mean, even to the eating, yeah, I didn't, I, yeah. it was hard for me to eat that many calories yeah. uh, and not feel like garbage when I knew I wasn't going to lift the way that I wanted to lift. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I definitely jumped back on the creatine and stuff. So then that felt good. But then all of a sudden my lifts, I wasn't feeling that strong on them because I didn't want to go as heavy because I was lifting by myself and I was worried to go to the hospital because there was like other things that people had to focus on. Than, yeah. You know, a possible oh. wrist injury or something that I would have from lifting weights. Yeah. Um, so, um, so but slam I, ball puts you in a half Nelson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, that's not something that I was really thinking of doing. And I don't, would I do another one? I probably, yeah. Maybe over the next year, I would think about doing it for like a couple of months. Yeah. I haven't done one in a, I, I have never really done one, I don't think. Yeah. Like a full on where like, I'm like, I'm, I'm eating a lot and then I'm going to taper down. I'm always in some version of a taper. I will say that one kind of naturally happened during uh, the lockdown uh, yeah. because I was just eating more than I normally would anyway. Um, yeah, but the difference was I wasn't lifting heavy. I was just doing less, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that wasn't a dirty bulk. That was just a, this is dirty weight gain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just weight gain. Um, but I will say that like, I have felt, you know, good in the gym and then I've, you know, I've put some, you know, I've made some gains, you know, f very small, very small, but from a muscle standpoint that are kind of nice, if you're always in some kind of calorie deficit, you know, you will start to get a little deflated. And so yeah. I feel like a little more pumped up from that and feel like yeah, some definitely gaps have don't filled feel in a as, little bit. I don't feel as lean as I have been in the past, but, uh, but I'm comfortable of where I am and I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm just at this point, I'm just excited to get, to, to get stronger now that I can do more things outside. Yeah. And I can start going back to the gym and I'm, you might have to fight a to, California brown bear. Ah, buddy. 
I mean, that's the state bear, bud. There was a state bear. I almost threw a flag out there just so they can (laughs) pose with it. It's a good looking bear. Beautiful bear, right? I mean, it's good. Like his fur looks good and it's got like, yeah, he looks healthy. That's the scary thing. Strong. And yeah. (laughs) Um, Hey, Stanger, uh, this is from um, uh, Auntie Kanki. Okay. Okay. Stanger, what exercise pairs well with exotic dancing? Wow. That's just a question for you because obviously they don't want me to answer. Well, I did. Because I've got so the real answer. T- I did it a little bit so that they're, I've talked about it on another sure. podcast. I did, I, I did it in high, like my last year of high school, I did like some bachelorette parties and stuff. Gross. It was gross. Um, money was not good. The women yeah. did not tip. I did. I also, I bounced um, and did security for strippers, exotic dancers, and they made great money because guys are horrible and horny. And so the guys yeah. would give them tons of tips and they would, they were, the girls that I worked with were really nice and they'd give me their tips. I made more money doing that than I did doing the bachelorette parties because the girls didn't give me anything. And maybe that's now, a, maybe it's a judgment against me. You know, maybe I didn't warn a tip. Yeah, maybe fair. you were not. Maybe you were a better security guard for other dancers than you were a dancer true. yourself. Very true. Could be the case. I wouldn't think that you could move properly to make a good enough amount of money. But that's well, that's I mean, me, I was I was good. That I mean, I wasn't you know riddled with arthritis at that point. I was. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that you weren't lean and looking good. I'm just saying that. Oh, I'm a I good don't dancer. think you have. Uh, I'm good. I don't believe you. I'm good. Somehow I'm okay. good. I can't sing, okay. but I have good rhythm. I don't know how. I, I did. I, I guess I, you're right. I do believe that you do have good. I rhythm, danced so. for a company. I danced for this company called Sierra Dance Academy. Like I went there on a scholarship. I got picked because I did a play, and the lady that was running it uh, liked my uh, facial expressions. She thought I really have mixed, and so she trained me to to dance there. I was the only guy there. And they had they had a hip hop. What kind of dance was it? I did hip hop and other stuff, but it wasn't called hip hop then. It was too early for that. It was called street jazz. Oh, street <laughs> jazz. That's what it was. Yeah. And so anyway, Rude. yeah, it was bad. So uh, you know, appropriating and you know, sure. st- racist street and, jazz, yeah, stealing, Gross. stealing and shit. God. Um, so they might as well just called it Elvis dancing. <laughs> Elvis made this up dancing. Um, so anyway. I, I was doing this exotic dancing and um, the weird thing about that that you don't factor in is so if you get hired to do a one hour show, you are in charge of the entertainment for one hour. <laughs> so you go to somebody's house and I had like a little police officer outfit and a fireman outfit and you do whatever the little skit is, which takes, I don't know, two minutes. And sure. then you start well, the sh- three minutes, five minutes, you start the show. Do you do, what do you do? Do you do like a tight, like um, song and dance or? Uh, no. So you would do, you know, like, hey, I, uh, I, I got a complaints about noise. You're under arrest, you know, that kind of ah, thing. Okay. And then you, yeah, and then you have them. a minute. Yeah. You have them start the music and then you have to dance for a long time. And uh, so I don't know, just in your room, set up uh, your boom box or whatever and dance for two songs. And imagine, you know, 15 women, you know, f- 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 I don't know, 15 different women watching you. And then imagine spinning that out into one hour and making it entertaining and fun. And- I mean, 
two songs is what, like eight minutes yeah, tops? Yeah. So it goes a long time. And so there's a little bit of trial and error of like, okay, you have to parse out all the clothes you're going to take off and make that slow. You have to do some kind of call response, some game stuff, and mm -hmm. you have to put together a playlist that's fun, that hits the right levels. And then also that you could, I would time it based on what song it was on. So I would know like, okay, I'm like 22 minutes into this show or whatever. Wow. And so I, you know, I got wise, but there were some, definitely some, some sad beginnings there where it just felt like my feet shuffling and, uh, I was out of moves and <laughs> wow. we, I had, you know, 23 minutes left in the night. Or An whatever. hour is a long time. It's a long time. Sometimes they would do two hours. Then you have to do a lot more kind of like game. For just one guy? For just one dancer. Yeah. Yeah. For two hours? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's rare, but it did happen. And so then you get like kind of wise, you have to become like an MC. Um, sure. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very strange, strange time. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also before they had, um, before they had nav. So I had a Thomas guy. Do you remember Thomas guides? It's a book, yes. it's a book of maps. And so like you would find, you know, you just try to find these people's houses and shit. And I was like, you know, you're driving like 20 or 30 minutes. The company I worked for was called take it off. And it was in mm. Sacramento. It was really wholesome. Like it was like really kind of like if it was quaint now looking back on it, like stripogram type stuff, dressed like a fireman sure. and, you know, not you ask them if they have a cat in a tree or something. Like yeah. That. Like that kind of shit. Yeah, totally. Got it. But so to answer your question, I would say you want to have abs. Um, so you want to be lean. That's, that was a hot ticket. Uh, mm -hmm. you also, you know, want to have your cardio up cause you're dancing for like a long time. Sure. And, um, definitely was, you know, definitely challenges you as far as like your body, you know, any kind of body issues you have. I remember, um, like I was always, I didn't feel like my chest was developed enough. And I was like, what am I talking about? I'm a young guy. My chest is fine. It looks great. You don't be crazy. And I remember doing a show and this girl was like, you have really great abs, but you need a lot of work on your chest. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Was she a personal trainer? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think she's just a lady, but it was just that like, whatever your like insecurities are, people will fucking say what that shit is. And so that's disgusting. So you got to work on yourself too, you know, make sure you're, you're confident going in there. I was 18. Wow. Yeah. Dang. That's a lot, buddy. Um, I always wanted to do like a show or something about it, like a movie, but then Magic Mike came out and I was like, that's pretty good. I, you can't top that. And what I still haven't seen it. I got to see it. What I was doing was not as exciting as that. Like he was doing like the reviews, you know, where you're on stage sure. and stuff. And like, I was just doing it. I'm I was not the dancer that those guys are. Like I was just doing like little fucking Mickey Mouse shit at like people's houses and stuff. Hey, don't say that about yourself. Hey, buddy. babe, I'll, I'll say it. And, you know, and no money. And I think maybe if I was able to dance, if you, if I was able to dance for guys, um, it just wasn't going on at the time. I think now they have that. You definitely would sure. make a lot more money. Guys just tend to tip more, but this was, um, this was in like kind of a more like a heteronormative time where people weren't as open-minded or, or, you know, it just wasn't available at least where I was. And so I was, I was, mm -hmm. was a lot of cheap women, unfortunately. But maybe that was just the area, and again, maybe it was my bad dancing, you know? I I don't believe so. I think that it, you know, I'm sure you were great. I don't, you didn't, you didn't, you, you questioned the rhythm. 
I did at first, but then I realized I th- I, th- I really thought about it during that whole story, which took a long time. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I get it. Um, but you would of course make more money as a security yeah. guard to women because um, they need to feel protected. And you didn't. Did you ever have any issues with oh, that? Yeah, that's a whole nother. I, that, that's too Oof. long. Scary stuff, though. That yeah, is so that is scary terrifying. Stuff. I'll just say really quickly. I had one go bad, and um, I I had the girl. She was dancing, and the guys were just out of control. I didn't feel like I could control the environment. There's too many guys. They seemed to be bad, you know, just everything you'd fear with males, just bad guys. Yeah. Drinking, I had no control. And so I, we always made sure we got paid up front. And this was like, you know, they have her for an hour or whatever. And so I said, hey, we're going to do an outfit change because we'd have like an area where the girl could change, get changed and get ready. So we're going to do an outfit change and then we'll come back for the second half of the show. And so I took the girl and I said, we're getting out of here. We're going out this back door and we're going to go. And she had like these giant heels on. So I had to like fireman carry her and we snuck out the back door and like sprinted around to the front of the house. And I had a Jeep and got in my car, got all our stuff and sped out of there. And like the guys from the house saw what we were doing and ran out and drove after us. And I had to like kind of four wheel out of there. It was like in this kind of rural area of Northern California and we made it onto the highway and I just like gunned it and we got the fuck out of there. But I, I mean, I thought these guys were going to like beat me to death or some shit. I mean, it was, I mean, they're wow. like scary kind of like oaky dudes. Like, be- sure. yeah, I mean, it was, Oof. it's a scary, it's the most afraid I've ever been. It's afraid for myself yeah. and fra- afraid for the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Never at one point did you think of calling the authorities or anything? I didn't think they could get there in time. I mean, yeah. we were way out in the woods and it was like, I mean, I, I guess if maybe we could have locked ourselves in that back door and then locked and then locked the slider, but I don't know, they're going to break the door down. I just felt like I had to get out of there. I mean, there was yeah, like, smart. it was like 30 plus guys. Oh, that's like too many. Cow, yeah. Like cowboy, like Wrangler type shit and sure. not respecting me at all. Not respecting boundaries. Kept trying to touch the girl. They're not allowed to do. I mean, like, like fucking crazy shit, crazy shit. Oof. Yeah. Brutal. Um, good. Real funny. Um, <laughs> we made it away. We got away. We got the money. We were good. That's good. You yeah. got the money. You got away. Um, okay. So, um, Otis Gallagher asks advice on a daily practice and sticking to it. Mine would be, uh, yoga and, uh, Brazilian jujitsu. Um, daily practice. Uh, I mean, for me, my advice a little stretchy, yeah, baby. I wish I would have. all about I, that stretch game. If you guys are hearing this and you're thinking it sounds like a good idea, but you're not going to do it, take heed. Follow his advice. I wish I had done it. He talked about it months ago. If I had done that, I'd be in so much better shape right now with my flexibility. And now I'm playing a lot of catch up. And I would, you know, 10 minutes a day. I'm telling you, 10, five minutes. Five Start minutes. with five minutes a day. Move up to 10 minutes a day. I, I think I posted it in our um, in, a, in an old um, Instagram post about the street parking one of the morning coffee one where it's literally seven or eight minutes. And it's, 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 it's yoga. It's almost like morning yoga, but it is a stretch routine. It's just getting your neck and your, you know, your hamstrings ready, gets you into warrior two pose for a little bit, I think. 
or at least just kind of um, getting your your quads firing, you know, um, opening up your chest, all those things that just make the morning feel better. It's seven minutes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'll do that, and then whatever my warm up is before my workout. So I'm I'm warming up for. I mean, I'm stretching for maybe you know. 20 to 30 minutes a day. And, um, and I love it. So, and I might miss the morning one and then I'm just doing my, you know, my 10 minute, 15 minute stretch before I start working out. But that's still a consistent thing that I like to do. And I love, uh, love that it's part of my routine. Yeah. So f- advice for a daily practice. I love that. I would say make it whatever length, you need to, so that it's, you don't miss it to start with. If you're trying to, if you're trying to make it a daily practice, make it, you know, five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, whatever length it is so that you don't miss it. So that it, that it becomes a daily practice. And then once it's in your bones and you're doing it all the time, you'll scale up, you'll add more time. And, but when you're, when you're trying to make it a new thing that you, when you, when it's a new thing that you're trying to make a thing you always do, just uh, make sure that there's no barrier for entry. So if you need to shorten it down to two minutes or one minute, whatever it is, get it to a time that it's accessible, that you'll never miss it. And then it'll become a daily thing. And then you scale up from there. Yeah. So if we're talking about advice, we would say stretching. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, or yoga. I think yoga is in there as far as, you know, flexibility. Is and, yoga and here to stay? <laughs> I think... <laughs> Um, I guess we'll answer one more because this one is in here too, is um, what um, Elizabeth.Judy asked, what is your opinion on the chlorophyll trend? What's the chlorophyll trend? Do you know anything about that? Well, chlorophyll is the, it's the part of the plant that makes the plants green. Mm-hmm. And um, it's become a popular supplement now. Okay. I think it's I think it's good. I I don't is there a trend about it? There mu- I don't know. there must be. Um so I, I would say go for it. people take it in drops or they add it into shakes and stuff. And I think what you're getting is not it's it's like a um it's a, maybe something added to the chlorophyll or it's like a synthetic chlorophyll where there's it's copper instead of magnesium, but it's still good and there's a lot of good stuff in there supposedly good for your skin. Um, you know, uh, good for a quote unquote detox if you buy into all that stuff. But I think there is good stuff in there. And so I'd say if, say if you, if it agrees with you and you like it, then, then go for it. I haven't done enough personal research on it to fully endorse it. I take, uh, choline and, uh, spirulina. And then I obviously, Mm -hmm. obviously eat a lot of greens, but, um, as far as just the straight up chlorophyll, I haven't started that yet, but I'll look into it and we can talk about it more in depth later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely like a non-toxic safe one that I I have been hearing some rumblings about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. And then um, just quickly to answer uh, Irvin Hubblers uh, to kind of round out all of them from um, before all of the past questions uh, from our, our ask of you. Um, he asks, is a split of squat, chest, shoulders, and tries two times a week and a deadlift back lats and buys two times a week not totally wrong? That's not totally wrong at all. I dig it. 
you're you're starting with legs on both days, squat on the first day, and then chest, shoulders, and tries. So it's a um, a push day, um, and then your uh, and that's twice a week. And then your deadlift, back, lats, and buys is your pull for two times a week. So you're working out four days a week. I'm sure you're going back and forth on that. So you're doing two days together, then a day off, and then two days together is how I would think to do it. So it's four days a week with a day rest in between the split. Uh, I'm sorry, after each split. So uh, day one and day two, a day off, and then day one and then day two. Um, it looks good. Uh, so it's a push and a pull split. And I think that's that's good. Um, so feel free doing that. Uh, if anything, I would say... If you're doing that kind of split, then the first two days, um, your squat, chest, shoulders, and tries day, and then your deadlift, back, lats, and buys day, the first one of the week. Um, I would try to hit those to anywhere from 12 to 15 reps of each exercise, maybe doing three exercises each of those thing, uh, each of those um, body parts. And then... Um, that second one, just to switch it up, uh, do six to eight reps of each, um, exercise, um, just so that you're changing up your rep scheme of it and you're lifting a little heavier later in the week after you've warmed up your muscles from earlier in your week. Um, I, I just like that, the way that that feels on my body of, of lifting a little heavier later in the week. Um, so that's it. That's, that's my it. only advice kind of off of that. Can you dig it? Nice. So that's us. We've answered a bunch of questions. This has taken us two episodes. I hope you all dig it. I hope you all have more ep- uh, questions. Yeah, we got more answers. We do have more answers. Uh, if you have questions about bears, about kids karate, I can answer those-ish. Yeah. Stanger can answer some exotic dancer questions and, um, I don't know, something else. Not um, chlorophyll, do, unfortunately. I need to learn. Not chlorophyll, but hey, maybe we'll learn more about it. Um, but that's the answers we have right now. If you have questions for us, please DM us on Instagram or any other social media that we're on at the dumbbells or email us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Uh, and on behalf of myself and Eugene and all our wonderful contributors today um, and last week, um, as well as Baloo, mm-hmm. Eugene's Bear, Bagheera, the Panther, <laughs> Sheer Khan, the Tiger, uh, King Louie, and um, Khan. What was the snake's name? Cal. Con. Con. I think it's Con. Something like that. We'd like to remind yeah. everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and go through Eugene's trash. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, guys, leafy greens and beefy, beefy dreams. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hit gum podcast. <laughs>